Hello and welcome back to the F24 podcast. My name is David and I'm a story hunter. I love them, especially the ones that involve my three favourite subjects, London culture and creativity. Each week I have creatives of all sorts come over to my studio in North Acton to talk about their lives and interactions with these three points. Being inspired by my city, the cultures I found in my teenage years and moving on to being a creative in adult life has been a great journey and I've had loads of amazing experiences over the years and I keep on exploring. Part of the exploration is chatting to other creatives who've been on cultural journeys. This is F24. This week we have Josh Cole, a photographer and director from the South Coast but living in London. This is a jam-packed story and Josh had quite a mad and hard-working journey. I met him when I did that Faking It show on Channel 4, remember that? Bacchus? Well, I was the teacher and Josh was one of the judges at the end of the programme who had to guess if the guy was a real graffiti artist or not. Josh was the only one to pick him out. We've known each other ever since, but as in all cases, I wanted to know the full story. This is Josh's and it's inspiring. Enjoy it. This is F24. It wasn't just, I'm going to get rich. It was like, I'm going to get rich and then use that influence and power to then help society yeah. and sort of help you know, like people that were in a similar situation to me yeah. so it was it was always like just a bit of a you know a master a plan story. to it even from that from that point like from 98 this is like 20 years ago it was yeah. kind of always had this yeah, it was vision be the aspiration that is always yeah the strong one that was staying with you chapter one lewis we start off on the south coast with Josh and we get straight into his interest and chat about films and their impact on his life and making a decision from a young age in what direction he wanted to go. We get into what life was like in Lewis and how he found school and then his relationship with art and what he picked when he went to college and also what was happening at the same time, which could have fully derailed his plans. It's all I've been doing is editing interviews for like since like Christmas. <laughs> like like my, most of what I've been doing is like filming and editing interviews but like really tight <laughs> like an hour's interview down to like 20 30 seconds no yeah yeah because it's for these labor films 30 hours of interviews down to four and a half minutes so it was, it was nuts man that it was crazy <laughs> it was re- it's really difficult yeah it's really hard well listen man josh Thank you for coming, bro. I really appreciate you coming. Yes, bro. I really yeah. appreciate you <laughs> having this chat, and I'm definitely good to see you. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, we we had a good um, we go back a good run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's quite a nice to reconnect, man. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I was at my mum's the other day, and she's got it there, proud, nice large format print that you gave me of me and Josh. Wicked, Tana. I probably got I probably got another one you can have. Yeah. Yeah, I probably got another print of that. I think or did I pull it out and I'm not sure. You gave me a few at the same time because I've got one in a folder and I've got another one framed at my house. So you got a spare one because I because yeah, yeah. I, I went through a whole load of old stuff and I'm sure I kept a few of the things I thought oh someone will like that, you know what I mean? Those photos were fucking immense. <laughs> yeah, it was good. it was a good run, wasn't it? Was, yeah, yeah. 18 this year. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gorgeous to have those photos of him that age. Yeah, yeah. So look, man, let's um, let's start at the beginning. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from a little town called Lewis. Yeah. Uh, down Sussex. near down yeah yeah near oh, Brighton. Right. I didn't know that. Yeah 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. And uh, How but my my mum's originally from Tottenham, and uh, but she moved out of London before yeah. I was born. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah, my my dad's from Essex. But yeah. Uh, mum and dad. Uh, no, just my mum. Just your mum. Yeah yeah yeah. And that was in Lewis. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Wow, I didn't yeah. know that, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did so, you stay there for all like schooling and? Yeah, yeah, stuff? yeah. I stayed oh, there till I was cool. like twenty-one. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. It's got a big prison sat in the middle of it as well. Yeah, it's got a big prison. Yeah, it's kind of a lot of people 
think Lewis is this really quaint, nice place where it's kind of, it's a bit like Brighton actually, because yeah. you sort of always think of Brighton as the centre of Brighton and it's kind of in the same way as there's right. like all the estates and stuff around the, it's yeah. the same with Lewis as well. I went there well. to do youth work once, right? And um, I came out of Lewis Station and I was like, oh, isn't this pretty? And we walked, we followed the directions. This is back when we had to have a printed map. Yeah. And uh, walking, walking, walking. I'm like, what the hell? All this lovely road. And then all of a sudden, we had to take a right down a dirt track. Off the road, down a dirt track. We had to walk about half a mile down the dirt track. And at the end of the dirt track was an estate. Yeah. And yeah. they had shops and it was their own, like a state. It's like a separate world, world and yeah, yeah. I was disgusted. Yeah. It, with it just being pushed half a mile to the edge of the town yeah well that, that's that's like where i went to school right, and yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. that kind of, i don't know if it's the exact same estate no, but, but that, there was quite a few of them got, yeah this. i mean when i chatted to the youth workers they was like yeah this is what it's like here this, this is where and it's a big there's a big class divide like massive big and it's and it's um not a nice wasn't a nice place to grow up actually because no. i was kind of we were kind of poor but we were also like hippies quite eclectic do you know what i mean so okay. so 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 we were kind of like we didn't fit in with the kind of the the rich people, yeah. But we didn't really fit in with the poor people either because yeah. we were kind of these mad hippies. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> so right it's left, a, like, yeah. Just like, so we went to the kind of poor schools. In fact, we kind of went to both at one point. We went. To, I went to quite a rich school for a little bit. Yeah. Around and then, the area. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we went to the poorest school <laughs> after that. And and it was like we just didn't me and my sister just didn't fit in anywhere man we were just How like sister a year younger than me oh right cool so you did kind of grow up together like yeah yeah much. yeah but it was just yeah it wasn't nice man and not they a do nice the, place. Um, the mental halloween stuff every day at year, every year. uh not halloween it's uh fireworks, fireworks yeah, 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 yeah 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 bonfire night yeah it's kind of a bit pagan man it gets a bit dark a bit mad. <laughs> you must have seen them go back then man obviously you saw them every year yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, d I don't go back there anymore. No, no. Nah, it's kind of got a bit dark for me and Lewis. It got a bit, <laughs> got a bit rough. <laughs> it was, yeah. So school there was that just normal, normal life really. Apart from you know the issues about society, whatever. Just as a kid going to school, normal life. Yeah, I didn't enjoy school. No, no, I didn't enjoy Wasn't school. I, I, just, I didn't get on with the other kids and no. How was just it like used to teachers? get, you know. No, I didn't didn't like the teachers. They didn't like me. Right. We just never, we just never, <laughs> I just never enjoyed it. I didn't like the kids or I didn't get on with the kids. Yeah. I didn't get on with the rebels. I didn't get on with the teachers. I didn't get on with anybody, man. And that, I was exactly just my, was I was just in my own head, in my own thing. Yeah. Just doing my own thing. What were you into? I was into like comics and uh, yeah, really big into comics actually. Yeah. And just kind of just into my own stuff like art and drawing and and just kind of just into my own stuff in in my own little fantasy world and. <laughs> Where were you getting the comics from? Uh, there was there was in Brighton actually. There was the, yeah, there, yeah, just just up the road from where your shop used to be. Yeah, yeah. There was um, Dave's, Dave's comics. Dave's, Dave's comics, and there was a Forbidden Planet. In in uh, I think it was Forbidden Planet. It was like a, there was a big comic shop anyway, right in the square. It, yeah, up up that way. Up that way. Yeah. And um and I, I actually, actually. As, as a teenager, I used to I used to work in a for like thirteen fourteen, and I used to work in. 
different jobs and stuff after school, yeah. like in dishwashing and stuff like that. And 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 I used to save up all the money and just spend it all on comics. <laughs> and and I used to actually hustle. I used to actually sell comics. Yeah. And I used to sell them up. Like I'd be buying stuff that I knew would be hot. Yeah. Because this was the in the golden era of comics. So I used to get all the kind of like Watchmen hardbacks and and, and all, all the sort of like hot stuff and yeah. then I used to sell it to comic shops in London and dealers in London yeah. and make and actually make money or make enough to buy yeah. buy more comics Amazing, yeah <laughs> so you're going up to the London comic shops as well yeah uh, I think I can't remember I definitely used to go up to London sometimes to yeah. buy trainers as well a little bit later okay but yeah. but um but yeah no I think it was like mail order I think I just used to do Lots stuff that, yeah, with yeah, mail. Yeah. I used to get all these catalogs and kind of like know all well the kind it, of yeah. you know I used to be know all the sort of like yeah. what the market value was of stuff and I just used to be in it like just wicked, a yeah. geek about it it's like everything in my entire life yeah. I'm always like a complete geek about anything that I'm into so the patterns start to evolve from there oh yeah from earlier than that actually from earlier. Uh, yeah way much earlier yeah, than that whatever it might have been as a younger younger kid comics blatantly showed it yeah well and, fi and film has always been a big passion yeah from, from really early age. from very uh, very young what type of passion would you say like were you how, but I, I first wanted to be a film director when I was six years old six yeah yeah what the fuck made that happen it was um, a director over an actor at six yeah yeah I, I think I'd been to see it was around the time I was going to cinema a lot with my mum yeah and we used to go and watch all sorts of stuff, do you know what I mean? Star Wars and all sorts yeah. of things, do you know what I mean? And uh, I went to, I went to sit, it was around the time my dad had left, so I was kind of like a bit unstable and yeah. things weren't quite right. And I, we went to see, the, and there was this advert on, and I'll never forget it, it was like Killer Clowns or something. Okay. And it just scared the shit out of me. It's like this horror, an advert in the, yeah, we yeah. went to the cinema, you know, you, you would show the adverts for the next film or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and, it was this killer clowns thing and I couldn't get it out of my head. I was like terrified by it. And I was like up at night, I'll be calling for my mum. Like I'm really scared of these killer clowns and all this sort of stuff. And she just said like, you know, it's, it's not real. It's actors. It's like, it's, 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 it's not, it's not real. It's like, and I was like, what do you mean actors? Like, yeah. and I, and then I started saying, oh, no, I want to be an actor. And, and then I said, you know, like who, what do you mean actors? Like, how does it work? Like I yeah. wanted to, I really wanted to find out like, how it all yeah. ticked and she said and i said how, who tells the actors what to do like how does it work yeah. and she said no like a director directs the film and they and they tell the actors what to do and i said no in that case i want to be their director yes and and from that point i like got it in my head and i remember i think around the same time i went to see indiana jones yeah. and i was like completely like blown away with that I think, knowledge as well though, yeah 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 i think it's the second it's the second film and it was Amazing. like a second indiana jones film temple of doom Mate, and I, and i was just completely hooked on this idea like i want to be a director i totally want to be a director mm. and at the same time as loving comics what did you feel it was, about film? it was probably a little bit a little bit later um but it was just an escapism really i didn't have a very nice uh, i didn't have a nice life really growing up i, I didn't really like i said i didn't enjoy school it's just like as well. escapism and yeah. just just used to just really enjoy <laughs> You know the buzz of watching films and just kind of getting scared or excited and do you know what i mean yeah. just used to be into horror films quite an early yeah. age actually yeah horror horror was a big thing of mine Whatever. and it's and um yeah and just i started with all the vhs and like video shops there's a video shop that opened at the end of my street yeah 
and uh, I just used to, I was just obsessed with it and I used to have a massive collection like a, a wall of, of VHS that I pirate I used to pirate all the VHSs <laughs> and and I even quite quite a young age I was selling uh, pirated VHSs to other kids at school so you, and were, stuff. you saw within the passions you were picking as well you saw well there's a bit of money to be made here on the side as well I could move these comics at a bit of a higher price to yeah people I can watch these videos really enjoy them copy them sell them out of the side yeah yeah Which yeah is, it's just it was just like, in you, like yeah it's, yeah. All, it's, it's always kind of been there yeah it's yeah. just like you just see these opportunities and it's like, like it's obvious like I can you can make money out of that. Dope, man. So what, um, did you finish school? Did you uh, to stay on? And, like, yeah, I did A-levels. Oh, you got through Yeah, A-levels, I did A-levels. I did uh, photography and art A-level. Oh, wicked. So you got there. And yeah, no, that was probably my most successful thing at that time. I, I did I did very well at photography A-level. So what happened then to get into photography A-levels? You, so you go into third year or fourth year, whatever it is, in secondary, and you did, did you decide, I'm going to try and do my best so I could, I've got choices? <laughs> I was I was really good at art actually at school. It was the only thing I was good at really was art and actually design re- and uh, yeah. sort of C- CDT it was called at the yeah. time. Um, and they were the only two things I was good at and the only two things I was excited by was like art and and I was really into it. All the, all the rest of the stuff I just failed. Yeah. And then. Um, and I just decided, yeah, just to go on to. I think everyone was just kind of going on to do A-levels at the time, Wicked. and and so I just did. I could do photography at this place, and they had dark rooms and everything. And what, yeah, I just. What was the appeal to photography? Had you been into it yet? I think you... even with the art, the thing I was really liked was just was just drawing what I saw, and I never really kind of finished the pictures. I was always just really good at like copying exactly what i saw so were and you drawing comics or anything comic book characters yeah a little bit but i never yeah. i never really your real thing for drawing was to i never draw I, what you were looking at. i never had the graft in me uh-huh. I, I never had the thing of like right practicing a hundred times like you probably yeah. did with art and, and uh, graffiti do you know yeah, what i mean yeah. i never had that graft in me and it always pissed me off that i didn't really like what i was looking at okay so i was just like I can't I can't do it like it, it just it, 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 I, I never had that kind of like I always wanted to shortcut do you know what I mean I was too impatient maybe that was a bit of the uh because you had that hustle in you as well you were like I need to get to this stage a bit quicker yeah. do you know what I mean because uh, probably I yeah can, I can love this but I can also make a bit of money so let me get to this stage a bit. I wonder you, not cognitive you're not like thinking at the beginning the front of your brain but do you know what I mean when you know that you can do better I think I think it's like work. what a lot of a lot of artists, route, you, you probably included, and a, a lot of creative people, it's like what I call the roller coaster. And it's like, when you're on it, it's like a boredom, like you, you, you don't want to be bored. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's, like, it's like, whatever gives you that buzz, it's like, that's what I need. Like, and, and that's why so many people get into drugs and yeah, all this exactly. sort of stuff, is because you want to stay on a roller coaster. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's like, you don't want any second of boredom. Like, it just, do, so you, do you know that, what I mean? And, and I think I was on that from quite a young age, actually. Right, cool. And so, and that became prevalent in drawing as well, in, as one thing, especially when you... Well, realize. as soon as I sort of studied, as soon as I got into photography, I kind of like, actually, I'll just do this instead because it was like a shortcut. So instead of like spending hours like perfecting a drawing of yeah. what I'm looking at, I can just do it and... Take a shot. Yeah, so... Yeah, well, so th- who introduced you to the cameras? Was it school? Yeah, I think, yeah. I, think I went on a... Day trip or something. 
in during my GCSEs, like when I was like 15, 16, yeah. and they either lent me a camera or I, I kind of, I think I used to have a camera actually from quite early on, like a little simple film camera, and and uh, you know, but it was kind of like, but it, but but then then it was sort of like something, it was kind of actually this can be artistic as well yeah, and and yeah. and there was some girl i fancied on the thing and i got some pictures of her and i was like Wicked. do you know what i mean yeah. it was like a, f- a school trip to to paris i think it was or nice. something like that do you know what i mean and and that just taking that that those few pictures is like oh this this i can do this like as an art like a, yeah. this can be an this art is, this is fulfilling that creative need as well that you've got yeah yeah, yeah. and it's quick it's easy and and i think that just that that was the hook. Not wanting to graft, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, you had it. It's feeding me. It's like it's feeding that creative buzz I need. Yeah, like this is perfect. And then and then and and it's always been in me to like with film and stuff like that. And, and it's it kind of started developing a plan, I think, of like getting into film. Yeah. Well, I mean, I say about I laugh and say about the grafting. I can imagine you being that as a kid. Ever since I've known you. I would have, I would have not known that. Yeah, yeah. You are a grafter. Like, yeah, no, I yeah. Like you obviously <laughs> found the passion, and you were like, this this deserves my time. This yeah. deserves my effort. But at, at that age, it was like sick camera. I don't have to draw this shit no more. I can take a flick. I'm still in art. I'm feeding that thing. I can move on to this A level and. Yeah, I mean, it's still yeah, yeah. I mean, still, it's it's only really been. I'd only really say I got off the roller coaster in the last few years. Yeah. Properly. Okay. Yeah. And and uh yeah. But anyway, that's that's probably a story for later. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so, um, where, where, so when you get onto this um this A level course, you said you it was fun, it was enjoyable, yeah, fulfilling. And I did I did really well, like even at the time, like everyone could clearly see that my my photographs were like the best out of anyone in the thing actually funny enough i was photographing like derelict buildings and oh, i was hanging out with all these like it was actually a time in my life when i first got into drugs like so uh i'd always been st- like i said i never hung out with other kids and stuff at school yeah but when it comes to a levels and i actually left that school scenario of like th- then i sort of like started hanging out with all the all the, and, and I suppose my so way of getting... In, these are kids in A-level courses as well? Yeah, yeah. And that, do you think that's because these people decided and wanted to be in education? Yeah, I think so. In school, you're with people that majority just don't want to be. Yeah, there. and they're, they're yeah. all like... So art, they all wanted to be artists or whatever as so well. All so on the same level. You yeah. Did, so you, you in turn relaxed a bit and were like, oh. Well, it's kind of... Art. Yeah, it's like I found my kind of people yeah. and it, there wasn't that kind of thing of, you know all the jocks and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? All the bullies and the jocks and all that kind of thing. So it's kind of, it kind of, it was, and, and I suppose I sort of found a way like, right, I can take loads of drugs and it's kind of, and it just clicked immediately. Like me and me and drug taking. Yeah. And, 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 uh, so I did, I had this kind of couple of years where I really buzzed with the art, but then it kind of, just went really dark and just kind of I, I kind of went to do a photography uh, an art foundation course in Hastings actually uh-huh. and I was kind of commuting to Hastings and then but at the same time I was like my drug use had escalated and I was starting to kind of hang around with dealers and and I, like, I just just got more and more I was trying to trying to prove myself I was trying to sort of find my masculinity and all yeah. this sort of stuff and and uh 
so it just got more and more dark really and and then i just you know just complete uh, after about a term of the of the foundation course i just left it and i was like fuck all this hippie shit and i was just do you know what i mean <laughs> i was course. i was really in that yeah. and, and in, in the same way as i've always been focused and geeky and you know i just got into the drug world like that as well and and kind of quite quickly sort of became this kind of like um drug dealer character do you know mm. what i mean and i sort of reinvented myself as this kind of drug dealer and then you know quite quickly became uh, well i say quite quickly after about three or four years sort of became this cocaine dealer and i was kind of, i was kind of uh i suppose like a sort of um a kind of, a kind of the youngest person out of all that crew and i was sort of you know weighing out of my depth do you know what i mean yeah. I, I was hanging around with like heroin dealers and and this, all so this sort of stuff like you've done it, it all went well on a level it was and you met a load of good people and you felt relaxed at last and you've done really well in your a level and you took these beautiful shots we're taking beautiful shots and stuff. yeah and then obviously one thing on it outside of college you're hanging out and you're experimenting and you're playing about when you fell out of the gmvq when that obviously started not working for you because of the drug use did you then pick was that it now for art and yeah yeah in my mind done. in my mind i was done with it yeah, it was like yeah. I'm, it's not realistic it was I, your youth it's a small town i didn't know anyone so were you back in lewis as well so you yeah this is all in you, yeah this is all lewis. in lewis yeah. like so and i didn't know anyone that it was a successful artist and yeah. I was like this is a fantasy I'm never going to make a living I'm out of this Lewis. stuff this isn't... do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. it's like fuck this like mm. I, I want to be a rude boy I want to be all, all, all the guys that I knew that had the cars and the girlfriends yeah, and yeah, all this yeah. sort of stuff we're all I drug just... dealers do you know what I mean mum must have felt the pressure yeah yeah my mum went through it yeah, yeah. She, but I mean she it's, it's quite you know she, she i shouldn't say too much but you know she was in that hippie world of you know i'd always been around so she, she I'd, I'd always been around this kind of stuff even though i wasn't yeah as a young teenager yeah. I wasn't no, using she wasn't drugs, condoning but. it but her her lifestyle maybe she probably didn't know the extent that you were going to be honest no but her lifestyle permitted you to explore yeah I mean? she was cool with you exploring she probably never knew how far you went on your fucking exploration but that's why so maybe yeah you were nearly getting away with it at home being able to live this life in lewis and yeah yeah to a dark. degree but yeah yes. to, until it got proper dark uh, yeah i mean i can imagine at some point it got too much but um yeah but yeah well, well what what happened eventually what so i was working funny enough i ended up working at a video shop it was like I don't know if you remember Video Box yeah. in Brighton. Yeah, yeah, I do the, remember. I remember the one in Hove. I don't remember the one in Brighton. Yeah, there was well, there was a chain of about yeah, yeah. seven I or eight video boxes. There, there was only a couple. So yeah, you're yeah. probably right. Yeah. yeah, and and then there was one opened in in Lewis. So there was okay. one on the High Street in Lewis. Yeah, and even before it opened, because I was still a real geek about films. Like all, all through this, that has been one thread that's always maintained since I was very young. Actually was a love of film and a passion about film and so, and so, that, so that that never went no because I, I was always still like building my collection of films and I was always reading about directors and film and I, I was kind of very always been very passionate about film Wicked. um 
and and so when this video shop opened i was like one of the first people to apply for a job there and i was one of i was the first person to get a job there i remember because and i was working in some screen printers or something which i fucking hated and i was just getting stoned all day just like working in screen printers i was like i fucking hate this i hated that job and so yeah i went to work at this video shop and it was just it was the main then the main hub of like anyone that is into film in in lewis like and, and I was a real geek. So people used to come in all day and talk about film and all this stuff. And then as around the same time, I started selling Coke. So I was selling Coke yeah. out, of the, out of this video shop. Um, do you know what I mean? And, and uh, yeah, li literally people coming in on a Saturday night and like renting the video and, and buying a couple of grams <laughs> or whatever. And it, you know, do you know what I mean? It was, it was mad. And it was, it, was just, it was just up the road from the train station and, and over the roads in the pub called the Lansdowne used to be where the main heroin trade used to go on. So it was like this little hub and I, I was buying off the guy that sold all the heroin and all the, do you know I mean, is one of the top yeah. dealers in the, in the, in the town. And so we were being watched for like months by drug squad, all of us. And then, and then, um, they apparently had a flat on over the road above the, above the cafe over the road. Uh, and were watching us and they had, Plain clothes, people coming in and out of the shop all the time, and I wasn't a great fucking drug dealer. <laughs> but but yeah, so we all got raided. Everyone got raided. It was it was a big drug squad coming from out of town because it was quite a big problem at the time. So yeah, we all got raided, and it was like just a decision then, really, and it was one of the big decisions of my life. Is like what what happens now? Do you know what I mean, because I I'd, so they caught me with some stuff like a couple of E's and some weed and stuff like this and and it was like but no major quantity no no they didn't catch with any coke because yeah. i'd kind of some other people have got raided already and it was like right lay low for a yeah. week or so and so they didn't if it had been a week earlier literally it would have been a different story but um so it's kind of like right what do i do now and a part of me was like i need to get the fuck out of town and I, and I was there was all the, the, the drug squad would what they do what they probably still do is like build suspicion between each other and kind of like yeah. try and set you against each other and all this sort of stuff so there was a lot of dark stuff going on they raided the actual shop where I worked so my boss was kind of fucked off <laughs> and it, so there was all that there was all this kind of pressure and and they said oh we're still going to watch you and we need to know that you're not doing anything or you're going to get in trouble. You know, you got, a, we, I was on bail for a month. Um, so you can either, at the end of that month, you can get a caution and it's all sweet, or if you carry on doing what you're doing. So I had to lay low for a month. So it was like, right, what do I do now? Do I, do I, you know, a part of me was like, I need to get the fuck out of town. And then a part of me was like, right, I need to, redouble my because because i was already kind of like, like i was saying about hustling yeah. i was already kind of like overtaking some of the dealers in my circle and i was like getting different connections in brighton to like so i was kind of like getting I, I was actually setting up deals for them yeah out of people i knew in brighton that were better than the deals they were getting so i was already like what the fuck am i i can cut out the middleman here i can become that guy yeah, i can yeah, become yeah. The guy that sells the dealers and you were stuff. You looking to move. Yeah, and I, and I would have. I'm sure I would have done well. At it, do you know what I mean? And and so it was like in my mind, one side of me is already planning like the strategy of how to become a bigger and better drug dealer, and then and then it's like, or do I get the fuck out of here? And my mum was saying to me, look, you you should go. It was the last year before they bought in, uh, before they stopped 
fully any grants. Yeah. So the year after was going to be student loan. So it's the last year you could actually get a grant. Ah. And my mum said to me, look, you've got to go and do it. Like, you've got to go and try and get in a university place because it's your last chance you'll have. How old are you by then? Uh, I was 23. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So it is your last fucking chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So literally, it felt like to me, it's like, I'm no way I'm going to go and fucking get saddled with a debt and stuff like this. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, right. I think it was still low. It was like, you could get half loan and half okay. half uh, grant it was at the yeah. time. So it was like, right. So yeah, the decision was made basically. I think I, I got beaten up by this guy in, in my crew and there was all this kind of, it was pretty dark time and there was all this jealousy and nastiness going on, all these kind of different rivalries coming to a head. And I got the, this guy come in and kick the shit out of me and in, in work, you know, put put me through a wall like do you know what i mean literally so i was like right you know do i do i this is all happening do i need time. this, this is all, all around the same time i was coming off I, I was coming off coke as well yeah. so i was like i was gonna say so were you, were you doing coke yeah i was doing a lot of coke oh, and and so i was like yeah. had all these like stabbing pains in all my joints and it was like a really dark time i think i kind of went through like a nervous breakdown pretty yeah, you much done. it felt like it yeah and then yeah so there was this decision then right actually fuck it i'm going to get out of it i'm going to go and do i'm going to go and try and get on a, a photography uh degree course so you, and, and that was your first thought as well yeah and and i'd, I'd given a funny enough i'd given away all my a-level photography work to this a fellow kind of drug girl that i knew i'd just given away she she was doing a our A level or something. I said, "Yeah, have this. You can give it in." She was trying to blag it, yeah. and and she. So I'd lost all my stuff, but I still had all the negatives. And my mum's friend had a dark room in his basement, Boy. and uh, so I just went and just kind of printed all this work and just like worked over this summer. So I got raided in like January, right. and it was like '97. Raided in January then, and then I spent all that summer like printing in a dark room and just like Amazing. perfecting this portfolio. And I come up with this portfolio, and then I went to because I should have had my to get into a degree course. You should have had a foundation, which I flunked. I yeah. bottled out of, yeah. and so I just went with this. And it was a really great portfolio. It was a really good body of work. What um what gave you? Do you know what it is that's given you this um this urge to produce the best thing you can and like to to geek the fuck out i don't like using that word geek the fuck out but you know what i mean no yeah, i do know you, what you mean so you're out of the photography you, you you walk away from photography in your teenage years and you're like i can imagine what it's like actually you're just you know i'm gonna get on with real life now and real life happens to be drug dealing like and working in a video shop and being yeah. a screen printer for some shitty firm or whatever and just surviving as a young man in lewis yeah and drugs is going to be the key because that's helping me get through making me feel better and i'm making money right you then decide like mum's on you like gives you this idea brilliant and you'll think yeah it's back to photography and then you go and geek out in a fucking dark room like what what gave you that energy to do that? And you seem to, you've done it with comics. You like geeked that went in and like understood and made value. And like, what made you know the worth? Well, I, do you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I do. I, I think it's what drives all of us. Yeah. Actually, all, all people that succeed, I think all have some underlying thing of like a, a very small self-worth. I think that, I think, it, un underneath all of it 
underneath all the success and bravado of all of us, uh, us guys that really succeed, is, is like a basic thing of like, actually we don't feel worthy. You just know and it, I th- man, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I think it's... I think it's a way of sort of saying, look, I am somebody. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Look, it, check it out. I am somebody. Isn't like- it nuts though that um, you can, we feel like, I feel like that. You're right. Bang on. Correct. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You still go off and achieve and yet it still doesn't fucking, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it does get better and you figure, I've been into therapy. Like I love therapy. My girlfriend's just finishing a psychotherapy course right now and she's about to become a psychotherapist. And, yeah. You know, so I've explored that whole route and I'm looking to do that. For yeah, me too, life. me too. Amazing. Like, My mum's a psychotherapist. Oh, is she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. So you've got that bit of a connection to it as well. Yeah. But it's, I, I love hearing why it is. And all right, cool. It's not because you had a mum and dad that were really like, come on, son, you can do it. Yeah. The opposite, actually. The opposite. <laughs> but, but you found it through a... You, you no, not, not, I shouldn't say that because my mum was very yes, encouraging, actually. Not, uh, yeah. I should, I should, that's, that's not I, quite my fair. My mum was super supportive and yeah. that type of shit, but real life is real life for, for poor parents also. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like hard for them to portray dreams to you whilst they're trying to pay bills. Yeah. So just being able to... Obviously, you acknowledge this thing later on in life, the self-worth thing. You don't realise it at 23, you know, that I'm going to put all this energy in because I don't feel great about myself and I'm going to prove myself. It isn't really that. It's just that you know what you're capable of and you'll work hard to get it. I think acknowledging it and understanding it is brilliant steps. Right? I think I think it's... I think it's, if we understood that earlier... It's, it's all about the therapy. It's really all about is. the therapy. It's all about you've got to find some way of, like, getting to the cause of mm. the, the this low self-worth or mm. you know what what is underlying it and try and sort it out and I feel, I feel like in the last few years I have done that yeah and and uh and it does you get to a better place with it Man, because it's... I think I think it, it's really good for getting I think most people I've met like I've, I know quite a lot of you know, fairly famous people and wide variety, and and and, and yeah, yeah. A, a lot of different people who who are successful in what they do. Uh, you know, high, highly successful yeah. in competitive fields. Do you know what I mean? And and nearly all of us share that same thing of like you know, they're just damaged people basically. Mm. And I think the problem is when you when you get there where you want to want to go and you do get successful, the danger is burnout. If you if you get there on this energy. Do you know what I mean? It, and yeah. and it, and it's and it's. I think you know it's very effective at beca- getting you to be very successful, but you've got to find a way of getting a, well, uh, again, a while, hold on it. While therapy is really important, because if you, not to say look, not ev- ev- I think everyone needs therapy. Actually, fuck it, I think everyone should have it, but not everyone can have it for whatever reason yeah. they choose, can't afford, whatever the point is, but. It's by having therapy, you get a chance to acknowledge it before it's too late and before you burn out. And by not getting therapy or not figuring out and wondering where these drives come from, you do burn out because you just keep rolling with it. Like yeah. You don't stop. You yeah, don't yeah, stop. That's yeah. brilliant, Josh. I don't know that you've done that, man. And that's um, mad to know that you, yeah, you were, you were pulling, pulling on that thing for, from a young age, man. Chapter two, culture. Josh has found his love in photography, and as I always say, art wins every battle. He came close to it falling away from him, but art stood by him and got him through this part of his journey, which led him into getting out of Lewis and going to university. 
We talk about his experiences there, what went on over the years when he lived up there, and the ups and downs, the meeting people in the hip-hop culture, and getting properly involved in the scene and becoming a hip-hop photographer. We chat about his accomplishments and who he has shot, the publications he's worked for, and the route he planned from a young age and continued to work towards. And anyway, look, let's get back. Yeah. You've pulled together this amazing portfolio over a summer. You've walked into what uni? Uh, Derby. Derby. Yeah, which is kind of, actually, at the time, I'm not sure if it still is, but it was kind of one of the best universities to get into. And and, and I totally blagged it. Like, they said to me, like, you, you know, you haven't got a foundation course. Like, you shouldn't really be getting in here. What, you know? Yeah. And, but it's the strength for your portfolio. And it was the portfolio was really strong. And I just said to them, look, I'm really passionate, you know. And they said to me at the time, I remember when I went to the thing, they said, you, you, you know, I think I even told them, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a recovering drug addict. You know, I, I'm kind of like, because yeah. I did, I stopped doing coke at that point. Yeah. I, I completely stopped taking coke. And, and in my mind, I was... Uh, recovered addicts even though i absolutely wasn't but um i was telling them at the time like you know i'm a recovered addict and i, I really want to make a go of it and and just put my heart on the table and they, and they let me on the course which is you know i'll, I'll, I'll always uh give them a lot of props for that because yeah. they didn't have to that's a brave teacher right there brave yeah whatever they call these university people yeah and i, I remember them saying you're going to go one way or another because I couldn't tell him anything about the work. I just said, I really like it. I think it's great. <laughs> and that, that was just a thing that just kind of yeah. like And continued. by uni, you should be able to explain your work is what they were expecting. Yeah, yeah and, and I never got on at university for that reason mm. because I never could do all the bullshit basically i couldn't i couldn't bullshit my way through i yeah. just like look it looks good doesn't it you yeah, know i mean here, here you go yeah i love this <laughs> this is like nice it? work yeah yeah, yeah 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 does it look nice does it yeah yeah but yeah my my kind of story of drugs and stuff didn't really finish there because I, pro- I probably told you my thing but i had i had a massive breakdown with drugs not too sure how much i should go into it publicly on a record but i had uh yeah, I had I had a massive problem with you know a massive mental health issue around drugs and stuff like that. Was this in uni years? Yeah, so it was yeah. it was after the first year of university actually. After the first year, you fell back in and because I I kind of I went to university and then I was like this little fucking nutcase just fully on the ro- like on the roller coaster fully. Yeah. Do you know what I mean like come out of being a coat dealer basically yeah. from a small town going into going to a city. Well, I'd never really spent much time in a city or anything, and and I just and I didn't like students. So I was like Pretty fucking bunch of snow. Well. Yeah, I was yeah. a bit older than most of the students. So I was like a bunch of fucking snowflakes. Do you know what I mean? In my mind, I was like, you lot can fuck off. Yeah. Like, and everyone was on this party thing and all this, and it's like, mate, I've been, I've been there, there. Like, you don't even want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I so I kind of fell in with all the. Um, all the hip hop heads and stuff because I was really into hip hop music at the time. And had you had that hip hop had it gone all the way back as well, or was it something you'd listened to for years? Yeah, no, it went back to yeah, the, like so the, 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 the late '80s or something. Yeah, yeah I'd always been into hip hop music, even though and and like the jungle and garage scene and yeah, all that. Yeah. But yeah, as as drug young drug takers in the early yeah. '90s, do you know what I mean? Every, every, that's kind of what you're into. And when it? I started taking drugs, I stopped listening to hip hop. I just raved. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 Maybe yeah. At home, I'd listen to hip hop, but nowhere else. Yeah, you know what I mean, was... but but I did. I hung I hung around with house DJs and stuff as yeah. well. So I hung around with like 
these hip hop like these rappers and stuff like that but also like uh mix yeah actually funny enough when i stopped taking drugs i didn't so much hang around with the house guys anymore yeah, exactly. i was more hanging around with the hip hop guys yeah, yeah. but um but yeah so I, I sort of became this guy uh at university so so anyway yeah i'm i'm getting ahead of myself cuz so i i basically had to take a year out through this mental health issue right which is drug induced like mental health issue yeah. um which i was kind of very lucky to recover from uh and yeah so i sort of took it took a year out there mm. um and then came back fully fully clean then well fully clean of drugs so i was still drinking actually um but i yeah i came I came back you know not smoking weed or anything anymore after that uh yeah, so I came back to university in what... So that was 98. Mm -hmm. I had my breakdown. 99, I come back uh, to start my second year again. And that that to me is when I really started like becoming a proper yeah. creative. Like, it was you where got, I st you, started the clarity of my... A bit more of a clarity of mind, do you yeah. know what I mean? And well, sort of focus. Taking the drugs was going to help there. And then obviously, obviously going through two traumas like that to massive events one the police knocking and then two going through what yeah you went through with you know again down to drugs yeah you uh you were like hang on one minute this is it i'm done yeah yeah yeah, yeah. definitely clean now yeah definitely i was kind of scared into you know you know what as well i, I was say, kind of scared out of I doing bet, drugs again <laughs> but you were man I, yeah i say in many of my meetings man like and it, only if the client really likes it do i run with them to be honest is art wins every battle yeah, and it does, and you can't tell me it doesn't. And like, yeah. if you don't let our art blossom, this can't work. And look, look what art done for you. Yeah, yeah. It, it was in you. It stayed with you. It stood by your side while you ran through all your bullshit. It watched you drop. It watched you come back. It took you back in. It watched you drop again, and then it yeah, took yeah. you back in again. And it never left you. Art never wins. Well, it loses the battle, man. Always wins. Yeah, yeah. That's it's very true. Man. Very true, man. Yeah. yeah. And it, yeah, it's, it's it's keeping that thread. It's keeping that thread. Yeah. Um, and and as long as you can always come back to it, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, it's all right. It, yeah, the fact, you know, you, as you say, you stuck with film throughout the whole route of it, all that type of stuff. And yeah, you knew photography was going to be the key after that summer. And, you know, amazing, man. Amazing. Yeah. But even, even from that early time, actually, even from that, from that point, actually, I kind of, it's funny because I, I had such clarity of thinking actually around that time of like when I rec I'd recovered from my mental health issue and then I had this incredible clarity of thinking and really like I made a plan then to kind of get into to get into film to use to use photography as a sort of uh, to use a solid career in photography to sign springboard into directing and make a and and all that was planned from that point amazing so it's man. kind of it's kind of a lot of people would sort of say to say to me are oh, you really lucky to kind of get into film and all this sort of stuff and it's like there's no luck involved no, there's a it's, plan it's, it's always been always been a quite focused do you think plan. that was i mean so those choices then was that because well one i've got i've managed to pull together a, two good portfolios of work one or two good portfolios of work in photography um it's cheaper as a medium to produce work and then also you didn't 
because you hadn't experimented had you experimented much with film to know that you wanted to be a director no or, it was literally just aspiration it was just I'd, like, I'd never made i can move on i know that if i get this under my belt and solid and make my i can step on and you that was your plan like, it was just it was basically i didn't want to do any kind of running or any i kind of knew from an earlier age i didn't want to do any of this kind of like running or I wanted to be the man, you know. I wanted to be man, you were really the guy fucking, in charge. You were thinking about that shit for for years. Yeah, from yeah. a young age. You, <laughs> but if, I, I, if this it's is kind of be long. I'm not doing that. I, I no, no, this yeah, room. yeah. I, I, I was like, I want to be balling, like from yeah. from the off. I, I, I want to be leaving university and making a living yeah. straight away. I don't, I because also I didn't have like you had nothing. I, I didn't. A lot of these guys come into this with a, with a rich family behind them, yeah, yeah. and they're like. You know they can just piss about. They can, they can yeah. be a runner. They can be a fucking yeah. guy yeah, for like ten right, years right. or something, just yeah. like kissing ass of people. Yeah. And they they can afford to do that because they've got someone supporting them. But I didn't have that. I didn't have anyone supporting me. So I was like, right, I need to I need to make this work. Like I need to make a living out of this quickly. And whatever formula you'd been using for previous endeavors like in your teenagers and you know all that type of stuff your, your video like piracy and all that type of shit it, you were still putting that formula to use but with even more professional thought like, yeah yeah without, and, 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 and it's probably without knowing it's just you it's you you're being you yeah do you know what i mean yeah and as and, adults we can pick out the thoughts and understand the, the you know the repetitiveness of them but as a kid you're just being you yeah even in your mid-20s you're still just being a kid yeah um, but yeah, yeah. But I, I really did have this kind of weird master plan, and it, and it worked. You know, it did it. It really worked because I, I was du during university. Actually, in my first term of university, I had published work published. Yeah, I'd, I'd work published in like a local magazine. Wicked. Literally, in my first two, three weeks of being there, I, like, I was like, I had published work. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then. I think by the end of the first year, I had, I think I had the cover of a national Fuck. by the, by the, by the end of my first year. Um, and it was complete blag. Like uh, my work was terrible. <laughs> it weren't, it weren't good work at all. But, I was just, I was just in the middle of it and I was just, and I was hustling yeah. and, and I was just making it happen. So I'd just be just ringing people up. I remember I literally just rang up this dance magazine and I was ringing up loads of people. Just I'd, I'd just be this guy, just annoying the fuck out of everybody, yeah. and and just like, and I think I would just randomly rang up some dance magazine. I had had stuff like already in, I think Mix Mag. I'd had okay. a picture of Roger Sanchez in Mix Mag, and you know, I just managed to get places. And I, yeah. you know, in in within the Derby scene, I was this guy that just used to annoy everybody, so, and and just used, I just used to know every quite quickly i just knew everybody so as well as doing the uni course and like hanging out with either the house lot or the hip-hop lot or whatever you were carrying a camera always yeah so I, did those, yeah, always did that after so you did these we didn't talk about the shot so after your first photos of like empty buildings and so on and so forth yeah you started to get more figurative with your images and wanted to take photos of people in cultures in places yeah so that became you that was your choice yeah i wanted to shoot all these different artists and stuff like this with so it. i so and i and i'd i'd kind of go and interview people as well so i i'd kind of get in there and i think in my first year i did an interview of um oh, uh my mind's gone dead 
Mr. Nice. Okay. Oh, Howard. Yeah. Yeah. Howard. Howard. Yeah. So yeah. I, I went and interviewed Howard because I because I used to knock around with his daughter actually amazing and so it's just through the hustle like yeah, yeah, i just yeah. knew happened to know so i managed to get an interview of howard marks and when it did pictures with him and and then you know just all these little things so i'd just get backstage at different events and take photos and i was just in there like doing it and sort of you know quite quickly became this yeah. guy this this guy in the scene and then like, started to make a bit of money out of it and get a bit of well not not really at that point but sort of, I used to get, I used oh, to, I, suppose, yeah. I, I was working as a waiter actually, okay. all, all through my university time, I used to work as a waiter. Right. And, and, uh, so I, in my mind, I was just separating a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the hustlers or the ones who had a bit more nounce about them at university used to go and do this like event photography and stuff. Uh-huh. And it used to earn them probably better money than I was earning as a waiter. But in my mind, it kind of cheapened what I did and I didn't like it. I, I, it's quite, quite an early stage. I was like, I'm only doing my shit, like my way. And I didn't want to dilute it for anybody. So I was kind of like, I'd rather work as a waiter and then just keep it clean, the photography. Do you know what I mean? Keep keep my work, like have my own stamp on it all the way through. Do you know what I mean? Mate, and, it was quite similar. That story kind of resonated with me a little bit in terms of just, you know, I, I could have gone into various types of jobs possibly or, you know, I could have got a job as some, a creative director or whatever, but I was like, no, but I want to do it this way. Yeah. And it, there was nothing there. So I did it myself. There, was, there wasn't anywhere else to do it. And so I did it myself. And that's... I, it, as you said I, that. I actually think it's the most important lesson as an artist for anybody out there listening actually is, is what you don't do. Mm. What you turn the work you turn down mm. is as important as the work you do. Yeah. I think I think you probably agree with that. Yeah, definitely. I th- yeah. I, and it's like too many people just jump as soon as there's money or like some kind of fame or some kind of like then people just jump well, and, it, and, it, and they're too they're too quick to do that. There seems to be a list, the short list of boxes that need presumably need to be ticked for certain people, and I think you've got to look at that list of fucking boxes and take a few off, man, because not all of this shit needs to count no we don't need all of this man and we don't yeah i mean the, the problems with that like the way people are a bit free with everything is it dilutes cultures it dilutes business it dilutes self-employment it there's a b- massive knock-on effect but anyway we won't go into all of that <laughs> yeah yeah but no <laughs> but, it's true it's I, true I, yeah we, we agree we're on the same page on that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so um back to in the clubs taking photos yeah, yeah. Well, it's around that time that I had my kind of breakdown, but then come back after a year and I was just kind of just more more focused, more more about the art and kind of like what's my stamp going to be on. I, I just came back with a completely different... With, I'd always thought actually smoking weed and all that was like a really important part of my kind of creative process. And it was always like a lot of people. Yeah. I think we always... We kind of We kind of believe that it's kind of like a really... And actually when I came back clean, it was completely different. Yeah. And, and my perspective on things was like completely changed actually. Yeah. And so, in, so right, even though I was, might have gone into clubs and stuff, I didn't want to just do club photographs with just like an on the camera flash. So I used to set up these mad like lighting setups on stage and things that had never really been done before. Do you know what I mean? It's and so, I, really so even, even within that, I was like trying to kind of 
reinvent what was possible and yeah and what was available and, and i quite quickly got bored with like event photography and and didn't really do much of that after yeah. about a year or something and but you know it was, it was just kind of i just had this kind of new plan of like yeah this is gonna what, be yeah. you know and and it's and especially you know i was thinking of myself as this reformed addict and i and i really wanted to help you know other people and i, and I really kind of formed a plan then of how i was going to really make a difference you know to, to really what kind of what i'm doing now was always the plan do you know what so i mean again, to, to sort of really make make a difference in, into the plan and you were like this is yeah yeah it's, it's, it's not it's like it wasn't just i'm gonna get rich it was like i'm gonna get rich and then use that influence and power to then help society yeah. and sort of help you know, like people that were in a similar situation to me yeah. so it was it was always like just a bit of a you know a master plan to it even from that from that point like from 98 this is like 20 years ago it was kind of always had this yeah, it was vision be the aspiration that is always yeah the strong one that is staying with you and it's you know it has changed quite a lot and it's refined and it's like you know the vision has changed but fundamentally it's the same thing yeah. do you know what i mean from then and it's you know and actually really all the different stages of how I went through it is all exactly as, as it was meant to be, like as it was planned from that from that year actually. You you stopped taking drugs completely, yeah? Yeah, I stopped taking so drugs. You yeah. weren't gonna gamble with put, getting off course again. Because you you went I'm wondering, so look, you, you finished school, you finished college and you uh, you start taking you, you start taking drugs in college and da 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 Anyway, you, you end being a teenager, you're in the drug game up to your early 20s. You're in the drug game, you've forgotten pretty much what you're going to forget about all that creative shit because it doesn't make sense in those years for you to be doing any of it. Yeah. And then you come back to art and taking photos and then you go through it again. you like, drugs hit you again and you fall again. Yeah. And then you were like, I'm not taking any more fucking risks. This yeah. Is my plan won't work because it had already been scuppered. That again, you had a plan from 98, but it got scuppered twice. Yeah. But my plan's not going to work if I fuck about. Well, it's, I mean, I, I haven't really talked too much about the mental health thing, but any, anyone that has been through that no, and, c- and come out the other that. side, it's like, if you properly recovered from it, I mean, it's it's yeah. completely terrifying, okay. and it and it's not something you want to repeat. Yeah. yeah. So it was just p- probably just pure fear. Yeah. I would have thought, you know, because I used to really love smoking weed a lot. Yeah. And you know, um, I'd never, I'd, in my teenage and early twenties, I'd never visualised a time when I wouldn't be smoking weed. It was like I'll, I'll be smoking weed for life yeah. in my mind, and and so it was only something that scary that that's serious stopped yeah, stop <laughs> me doing it do you know what i mean so it's and, and but i mean I'm, I'm still a huge advocate for like legalization of drugs i, I don't i don't believe in prohibition mm. of of any sort of drugs actually um even though you know they nearly killed me and nearly put me in prison i i, I don't think any i, I think all, all things to do with drug use are more dangerous and and you know, cause more social problems while they're illegal. Yeah. So I think, you know, 
I'm I'm a big advocate it's, it's of legalisation. Things that go on around the drugs that are the problem. Yeah, exactly. Itself, and I'm not saying yeah. heroin and coke aren't problem drugs. Of course they are, but it's they're a much bigger problem while they're well, illegal. Yeah. Yeah, and because of the prosecutions, because of the no help, because of the pointed the finger. You know what I mean? The yeah, no, like if it was prescription for a reason. Yeah. You wouldn't look at it like that. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, also if it's pharmaceutical quality or it's kind yeah, of like exactly. made you know delivered in a more pure way then it wouldn't be such an issue you know most most overdoses for instance happen because of of an irregular yeah um purity in in the supply it's nuts bigger the problem the problems are bigger than the drug itself because of these yeah 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 absolutely but anyway yeah i mean it's that's another that's another discussion isn't it (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 um all right, well, look, let's go back to ending uni. Yeah, so... You've so, finished up in Derby. You've been taking shots around the area of the culture. Well, I'd, actually, no, I've been, I'd been... At that point, like, actually, for my degree show, I was, I was travelling quite a lot at that point, so I was, I was already kind of widening that out. So I was definitely, like, a hip-hop photographer at that point. You'd become a hip-hop photographer. Yeah, without a doubt. Josh Cole, hip-hop photographer. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and as such, I was then kind of, like, I was really into like, actually for a while I'd been during my un- sort of second year of university, I'd, I I was like driving a tour van for like, I had a mate, this guy called Blue Eyes. I don't uh-huh. know if you know him, he's quite a well-known promoter up in the Midlands. Okay. Yeah. And he used to bring in all the big like old school hip hop artists. Yeah. So I'd be like, driving around all these festivals and stuff like Richard. with like big daddy kane in my thing and <laughs> you know i mean or, or some guys like this you know Amazing. and and so i used to go, kind of use it as a way of like getting an exclusive getting backstage yeah. getting like a little More interview or a thing well. and i was shooting a lot for like a local magazine i used to shoot and do the interviews uh-huh. so i was doing all that kind of stuff all through my university thing, but also kind of starting to get into nationals and, yeah. you know, cause I was getting some quite exclusive stuff. I'd say my work still wasn't great, but I was just shooting so much. It was developing at such a rate. It was an, Cause I was just- the consistency was bound to hit people. Yeah, it was just, and, and just, I was prolific. Like I was always shooting. I'll be shooting, you know, five or six days a week. I'll be shooting and all the rest of the time I'll be in a dark room, like yeah. printing. So I was still like, printing in a dark room at that point and then yeah but by the time i finished the course i was like quite getting quite regular features in magazines and stuff like that what mags are you getting into uh like hip-hop connection uh trying to think undercover did you ever work yeah undercover Undercover, yeah i did some covers i did some covers covers for them you did the farmer and chester cover for undercover yeah 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 yeah. so it's all you know i was getting some quite Good stuff with, with the sort of hip hop press yeah, yeah. of the time, which wasn't that much. Um, but yeah, and then quite soon after that, I got quite soon after graduating, I got like a uh, picture of Skinny Man in the Sunday Times magazine. That, that was one of my big breakthroughs. Was that the review for his album? No, it was uh, Life in a Day. Oh, wow. Yeah, and this guy called Jim Davies, who was like picture editor there, and he was mates with, because I was quite a good mates then with like Skinny Man and all these dudes. You met all these lot. Yeah, and I shot Skinny Man's album cover around that time. Council State. Yeah, Council State of Mind. And then um, through all that sort of stuff, I used to know like Doc Brown, and I was quite a good mates with all these different hip hop artists, a lot of who've gone on to make big careers. Yeah. And, yeah, someone introduced me to, it was like a hip hop connection with this guy in the Sunday Times magazine. He was like a picture editor and he got me in there 
uh, with this picture of Skinny Man. It's a really cool picture. This guy, Skinny Man with a cigar. It's one of my most famous early uh, pictures. Yeah. Yeah, with his gold teeth and a cigar. Yeah, I know the show. And then, um, yeah, and then from there, it just and I think I got an agent like really soon after getting out of university. I think I got an agent. Uh, it, it was it wasn't a good agent, but it was you know I had an agent after just getting out of university. So it was almost, almost unheard of, really. The plan was coming together then. It was yeah. It was you stay true to your culture. You stay true to your beliefs. Yeah, like you knew what to do and what not to do yeah just and you knew if, if I, you keep keep on this this road it's gonna i just spent a lot of time i mean really i was just getting my costs covered in them days yeah of i was course. getting my I mean, costs covered yeah. for shooting yeah. so it would be like this local magazine the derby magazine yeah they just used to cover cover my costs for going out and shooting yeah. so they'd pay for the film they pay for the processing yeah. they pay for the paper that i printed on it mm -hmm. you know they just pay for that stuff but it give me freedom to like really shoot a lot so yeah. i was just shooting all the time and just blagging my way into different events and all sorts of stuff do you know what i mean so i was just in it i was just on it like flat out i, I was i was always flat out yeah. do you know what i mean just working and shooting and and uh but yeah it was doing my own stuff and that was really important to me that i kind of like you said like i kept my own flavor and kept you know it was it was all within this vision of like what I wanted to achieve. Well, also, and, and by then, by the time I started noticing your shots, it was a complete style. There was no mistaking what was going on. Yeah, you knew it was a Josh Cole photo. Yeah, and, um, you got you know you you got to that point and that stage where you were you know pushing a whole package. It wasn't just like here's a shot, here's a Josh Cole shot. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and it definitely yeah you know and it's just having that freedom to kind of explore that stuff yeah, yeah. and just. And yeah, just develop your own flavour and your own. Thing. How did you meet Skinny in that lot, and how did you end up with that cover? It was uh, I met Skinny Man at the uh, Rodney P video shoot, The Killing. Okay, yeah. In I was I was hanging out with there was a couple of people because because so basically yeah I didn't really explain it properly but for my degree show at university yeah I I made I did a book I actually made a book. And and it was a book of British hip hop. I don't know if I ever showed it to you. No, but you remember it rings a bell about you telling me about it, man. Go on. Yeah, yeah. So I, I basically did a book of it, and it was like British hip hop artists at this point in time, and it just had pretty much everyone in it at, at the time. Yeah. My, most people that are really hot, like so, you know, Roots Maneuver, Skinny Man, all, all these all these artists yeah. that were like Black Twang and all these guys that were big in like two thousand, and. Yeah, it just had everybody in it. So I, so around that time, I was just traveling a lot around the country and just kind of meeting everybody. So it wasn't just London. It was like all over Midlands, yeah, yeah, up yeah. north and everything. And so I'd just be meeting all these guys in hip hop. And, and like one of the people helping me out a lot was Estelle down in London. Wicked. And she, she was working as a journalist at the time. She wasn't even an artist. And she just used to help me. She knew Blue Eyes. Yeah. You know, she met me backstage at something that I was doing with Blue Eyes and... Do you know what I mean? So, so all these connections start happening. I actually, I remember at the time. I think, I think it was me. I, it's been disputed this, but Baby J, you know Baby yeah, J, yeah. Ba Baby J, because he's a Derby guy. Yeah. And I, I, I'd known Jay since really early on. Actually, he was one of the first guys that got me into the kind of hip hop scene in Derby. Actually, yeah. and um, I'm pretty sure Jay gave me a CD of Beats, and I gave it to Skinny when I went down to London. And this would have been about 99, 2000. And I remember giving it to Skinny, this, this CD of Beats. And then he went on to make 
most of the iconic tracks on the album but i i sort of <laughs> i kind of tried to get that credit but then i think i talked to jay about it and he said no no he knew skinny from before or something but yeah but yeah. it's like but yeah, i don't yeah. know why did you give you it's, exactly why did you give me a cd man. yeah yeah i know Come i know on, but it was, the it was there was some cool stuff happening around that time i remember i used to edit this magazine for like British prisons. I, I took over this. There was like an arts magazine for British prisons, and I, I got this. Skinny Man on the cover of that. Yeah. And it went. It was li literally this. This magazine went to all the prisons in the in, in the, the UK. Yeah. So if you're in prison around that time, you chances are you'd have seen my pictures on the front cover of this magazine. Yeah. And then uh, that was before the album come out. And then, was yeah. The and then, uh, was it the first one you did this album cover? Yeah, yeah. But it's the only album he's done, isn't it? Yeah, no. But for you, it's your only. Oh no, no. <gasps> I did a couple. No, I've done a few. You've done a few. Right. I did. Yeah, no. I did a funky DL. I did an oh, album did cover for. DLs, yeah. yeah, I did one one album cover him. I did a few bits of yeah, like up and coming artists. Skinny's it's, album though was. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's, and that it's an iconic hey, album. I, was, I was, feel amazing. blessed to be involved in that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because was, was it gatefold? So okay. Oh no, the CD was just beautifully the inlay on the CD was dope. Yeah, because it had more photos. Well, it was that it was a mutual friend that did the design for it as well, wasn't it? Guy Featherstone. Guy Featherstone. It yeah, was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I didn't know him at the time, OG but he's guy, man. Yeah, the OG. Yeah, and he is. He's he's now smashing it over in um. He's out in Portland. Portland, just kind of doing all the Nike stuff and all that, isn't it? it? Yeah, but um, but yeah, it was like it was a real kind of really amazing moment in my career actually I just remember kind of really enjoying it before I got into advertising and kind of when I just really used to was just buzzing off and all so that what stuff. was that was that Flip's idea was that Skinny's idea like yeah get Josh on these photos like. Skinny no Skinny pushed it all the way man Wicked. Skinny because I think because we, bond, we, 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 we bonded over like a lot of the stuff to do with the prison magazine and kind of you know, I was always talking about like I'm this kind of reformed addict. I want to do all this work with young people, and I mean, we we kind of bonded over that. And I think at the time, actually, I was doing youth work. Um, Doc Brown, actually, funny enough, got mm. me into doing this youth work project in um, in Camden mm. in Chalk Farm uh, for the Roundhouse, and uh, it's before the Roundhouse was a venue, actually. But I was doing this youth work project in Chalk Farm with these like young offenders mm. kind of teaching them photography um, which was you know and it was so it was all around that same time so I was kind of like hanging around the area quite a bit anyway and just yeah so Skinny just loves Skinny if Skinny knows that you're you're there for the people he'll be there yeah, for you like, exactly he's, he's that guy yeah yeah, you know yeah. I mean? he, and he'll be cool with you if you're not and he, he'd gone fine. to he'd gone to that youth centre yeah oh, weirdly enough yeah, yeah. He, he'd actually okay. been yeah like a person that. that like the, the woman who used to run that youth center who's now actually uh emily reynards who's is now actually running uh carla's thing yeah hip-hop shakespeare hey. company yeah, okay. yeah so she she used to run that youth center wow so and and i was doing i was doing it through the roundhouse but i used to work with emily back back then yeah uh running this and it was a really successful workshop and we we ended up uh yeah so i, d I did this workshop with these young offenders and stuff and they they were really into it <laughs> And we ended up actually. Uh, David, David Bailey came, and we. I think we got uh, Olympus or someone give us a load of cameras. Dope. And then David Bailey came and curated the exhibition. Wish. And we had an exhibition up at this chalk farm thing. It's like 2002. Wow, man! And so it's all that era. All yeah, this yeah. kind of really buzz stuff was happening. Yeah. And ironically, before I got into advertising, because now I look back on it, that's kind of 
was the start of a, when I got into advertising was the start of a really bad era, negative era in my career, actually, I think. Well, but, I mean, look, the thing is, inevitably, you, and I've done the same, you work hard and you do these, you know, good things and great things for the culture and you're part of your, your world and you, you work with your people and then inevitably you get a call. I've yeah. seen your work. Yeah, would yeah. You, we've got this check, would you? And you're like, oh, I did it. I meant to do this. Yeah, I made it. Yeah. yeah right, what happened? <laughs> but no, yeah. So I got because uh, I I had these agents because I had really prolific. It was quite a good portfolio at the time. Yeah. I mean, I say quite now. I would be you know cringe probably a little bit, but you know it was quite it was it was quite unique at the time. There wasn't yeah. really much like it in the in the advertising industry. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it was it was really quite raw and it was quite. And it it wasn't like fashionable to be like that then. It, no. was, it wasn't the grime scene and all that. No, Do you no. know what I mean? So it's quite weird, unique and weird. Do you know what I mean? It, there wasn't all this kind of Vice magazine had maybe just started. So yeah. it wasn't a big thing, all that sort of like stuff. And that look in the press or in the media. Yeah. So there yeah. wasn't people shooting around council states and stuff like that. It wasn't really that common. So it was quite a unique thing. So I got picked up quite early by these agents and stuff. And I think I was with my second agent at the time and and I'd never really got an advertising job or anything. I think I'd done a couple of little things, um, like fashion things and stuff like that. Chapter three, creativity. On to the next. Josh has been working hard getting shots taken. He's been called up to do some commercial work. It's inevitable when you are consistent in what you do. The commercial world sees it and wants it. We talk about those projects and how Josh found the industry and him moving on from photography. He tells us about his journey through those years and his personal projects he slipped in along the way. And then we move into what he's doing now, working with the Labour Party and his own Rise Up movement that caused a massive storm in the last elections. Um, But yeah... Then I got a thing shooting a because I'd always shot a lot of break dancers and graffiti artists. Mm-hmm. I'd always been into that sort of world, and I'd not really talked about much about the content of the work. But I'd, apart from just shooting like rappers and stuff, I, I'd always I'd also shot a lot of graffiti artists. I've been yeah. quite into that stuff and break dancing. Break dancing is always a big part of what my kind of portfolio. And so um, yeah, I got I got I got this job shooting a Levi's ad through like bbh in london yeah. and it, it you know it's but you know above the line advertising yeah. uh, i remember i got ripped off man like something rotten i think i think they paid me about a grand Ooh. to shoot like you like all, all the all this stuff like for the, for the, for the you know for the yeah this Buses, is this is this is for like all the windows of all the levi's shops right, in the country yeah, yeah, do you yeah. know what i mean and it, it, all these bright and and uh yeah so i remember yeah it was my first time really ever shooting professionally and it was i think i was still shooting on film i think i was i did i shoot that on foot no i think i shot that on digital it yeah. was digital but um yeah but it was it was like 2004 so i was i was three years out of university but not even three years actually two and a half years so it was quite a sad campaign like for, for me it's it, I mean, it was a very quick success. Yeah, yeah. Most people, it would yeah. take them 10 there's, years to get to that point. There's I mean? nothing wrong with work, working in the ad world at all. It's fine. It's a good world. I, I just think, and I, well, I think what we were saying earlier, the point, it, if, if you represent your culture, like 99%, it's harder to work in the, in, in the ad world. Do you know what I mean? Because, yeah. yes, there's a crossover, but your heart is constantly pining because you're in that world you know it, you can be part of the culture and work in the ad industry is completely different 
Whereas if you are, if what you move, if what you pays your bills, if what you're true to is your culture, and you try working in admin street, it's a real hard line to to work in, man. A real, really close space, yeah. you know. Yeah, it it, it kind of gets a bit. I think the more the more you roll in it, the more you kind of you know. Yeah. But we're probably getting ahead of ourselves because yeah that. Um, but yeah, I went through a quite a bad period then I think I, I feel like it was why would, why so, would you say bad though What's the well bad? It, it was negative for me because I it just I was in quite a good place like I say I was in quite a good place around that time all the skinny man stuff and yeah. all, all that stuff it was it was a really good period for me and then I think when I got this job and then uh and then I got a few other if you have a fairly big jobs around that time of like other kind of yeah. fashion works, so I did like Reebok, I did like Fenchurch, mm-hmm. I did like a few of these kind of streetwear brands and stuff like that. It wasn't actually now I look back on it, it wasn't that big, you know, I was getting paid like sort of four or five grand or yeah, something for a job. But yeah. to me at the time, it was like, I'd only ever Levels. been like a waiter my whole life. I'd, I'd yeah, never yeah, worked yeah. above minimum wage. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was exactly. like, I was completely. What f- you're gonna give me five thousand pounds to do a fine. fucking job? That's perfect. I was freaking. I <laughs> yeah. was flipping out. Exactly. I was. I was. In my mind, I was yeah. Mister Fucking Pimping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and I was. I was. You know. So a lot of it, and that's the same kind of time that I did the faking it program. That's what you know mean. how we know each other. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I, I just basically went on an ego trip, really, and 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 I kind of you know went through a stage where i mean it wasn't straight after that actually but yeah i, 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 I just i just think trip. i just think it's quite fun yeah 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 <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. it was good like it you know i was i was out. kind of yeah, yeah i was like womanizing and i was kind of you know go, doing a thing you do when you're in your late 20s yeah. and you're sort of you know my good friend gareth he just put it on me he'd known me since i was a teenager and i didn't know i thought i was fine i thought you know no yeah. Like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've probably this similar around a similar it time. Was to around you. The same yeah, time, yeah. Man. I got yeah. it off the back of what I'd been doing, but also because of faking it. And yeah. You got it because you were getting this proper money in at last, and you know, you know, whatever else was going. Well, on. I thought it was proper. Mo- I mean, of course. But at, your, at that age, it is proper money. And when you start making money off the back of the thing you love, it's proper money. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It is your, your first grand from BBH is proper money. Yeah. All right, cool. You now know it's a fucking rob. Like I laugh at it. Yeah, of course I laugh at it because I've been yeah. in the industry. Like, yeah, yeah. We know, but at the time, signing checks, I'm a fucking happy about it, man. Like it's yeah. something to be proud of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was, it was a buzz, and uh, yeah, and 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 it, it was, you know, it was fun around that time, but yeah. it, it wasn't good for my for my artistic. I completely lost the love of what I was doing. Right, I started feeling like this is all shit. All this work I'm producing doesn't fucking mean anything. Yeah. It's just like surface. I've started to feel like right, I'm just shooting these fashion models. I'm just shooting these people none of this shit means anything it's no like context it, to you in it no nah, it, it, i kind of lost that vision you know the, the, the early vision like yeah. this is what i want to do the stuff the prison magazine the yeah the the, the, the youth help. work that i was doing yeah. it's like it, it just lost any kind of sense of I, I, of I meaning so like your lifestyle must have changed so yeah part of you needed the work yeah well i was drinking a lot of the time okay. i was womanizing nice i was kind of 
Yeah, I'd I'd I'd, I'd bought this. I yeah. I'd, I'd bought this flat completely like on tick. Like yeah. I was like one of the classic guys. I was like 120 percent mortgage. Yes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I was like bought this pimping pad. I mean like bachelor pad. Like yeah. looking out over the sea in Worthing at the time, yes. and and you know I was just like womanizing and just kind yeah, of yeah. complete in a. I was in, in a, a bit of a mess yeah. like. Um, it, it wasn't it wasn't an era I'm proud of do you know what I mean yeah. but yeah but it's but then I kind of, yeah, I, of I, met, story, I met man. I met my wife at the time so this is like going like 2006 2007 uh-huh. and then moved up to London yeah um and just yeah just started coming back down to earth a little bit and just started getting back more into the work and I'm like right why am I doing this yeah do you know what I mean I kind of resetting my mind a little bit right why am i why am i in this why what gives me what gets me excited about the work it's almost like as soon as i'm come down off the buzz of like womanizing or this other stuff like is right i need to get back into the addiction of like of the work again yeah yeah where where, where can i get the buzz from the work again do you know what i mean so i was like right what gets me excited why am i doing this and and i'd sort of started getting into uh, more travel work so I was like traveling and nice. sort of like uh, went out to Lithuania and sort of started shooting some of this work like with homeless people out in Lithuania and just kind of just trying to find things that were feeding you thing again yeah, yeah just just give me what give me a buzz mm. um, did you the money changed uh, yeah yeah because well because really after that first little bout of money I I like it went to my head and I stopped producing like I'd always said I was always prolific I was always shooting but around that time when I was womanizing all that I just stopped shooting any work it's like right you can come and find me if you if you need me to like I'm I'm, I've made it now I don't don't need to hustle anymore do you know what I mean I'm not doing meetings and all that shit like come and come and find me motherfucker speak to my agent you know what I mean it's like yeah yeah so I was and and like the inevitable happened it was like my career completely went to shit you know it was like it was completely dropped off and no one really wanted to know I was just this ego case like living down in Worthing thinking everyone's going to come to me like it just you know it's just naive really and just sort of thinking that oh, like, I'm in the big time I wasn't any I wasn't in the big time I was like I just about touched a little bit of the well, work you know what considering I mean? from where you're from it, you know what I mean? No wonder you thought that. Yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you think, oh, wicked, I'm here. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. So you, when you get back to town, when you come back up to London and you, you set up with your wife, and when did you marry her? Uh, we didn't marry until like 2011. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, nice so uh, until after I'd had a kid and everything, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think, I think the next sort of era of my career really sort of like is after, after I had my first boy my in my son max wicked this is like 2008 wicked. um that that really sort of like right this is real now because i wasn't earning very much money uh-huh. and i was i was lost in another addiction then i was kind of like into all the trainers and all this sort of stuff probably when i yeah that started around the time we first knew each other actually yeah. and then yeah sort of i was just spending stupid amount of money on trainers and Sort of, sort of getting some commercial work, little bits and bobs. I had quite a good agent at the time, and I was getting the odds and ends, but I wasn't really earning the proper living. Yeah, not and then it was like, you know, I've got a son now. We had a house to pay for. My wife had a house actually, but she, you know, I had a mortgage to pay for, and 
a son who was sick, so my wife had to come off her work. So she he was sick when I was when he was when he was first born, oh, and so it was like right, you're the breadwinner now. Like you've got to make some fucking money, mm. and you know. So I was just com- I kind of really refocused. Um, didn't go like fully comm- went totally the other way actually but i was like right you need to make some really great work you need mm-hmm. to go and win some awards you need to kind of that that was my focus at the Wicked. time and uh yeah which which kind of happened really so it's just I, I basically took a lot of big risks and yeah. sort of like you know so i went out uh to africa and shot in, in rwanda and sort of went and shot a load of personal work when we really didn't have any money at all but it was like you know, it's just, that's it, always when my back's against the wall, I'll be like, right, I'll come out fighting. Doing I, the biggest thing I can. Yeah, 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 I'll, yeah. I'll come out with like some next level stuff. Yeah. That's always when it's been like, you know what I mean? So yeah, I went out to shoot a load of stuff in Rwanda Fucking and uh, where else? Argentina, I got some bizarre job in Argentina and just kind of spent about a week just going and shooting in the ghettos of Argentina. Yeah. And it was the first time I'd actually left Europe that. Yeah. And it was this job in Argentina, some really shit job for like Nokia or something. It was like shooting some behind the scenes thing at some TV commercial. It was just terrible, awful job. But But I I ended up linking some guy in hip hop world and just kind of going and shooting in the, this like the maddest ghetto in Buenos Aires, you know. Amazing. And, And I did that. And then in the same year, I did some other shooting abroad in, Lithuania and stuff and then that started winning awards all this work um, and it's some of the best stuff I think I've ever sh- I'd, I'd shot at the time so it just really opened out the work out, going outside of Europe yeah. and then I started getting the buzz of that you know travelling and all this and then it started quite quickly off the back of that started winning commercial jobs so one of I think it's only a few months after that won this massive job again for Nokia weird enough uh-huh. and uh shooting all around the world shot in like seven different countries Fuck. it was like to, to this date still the biggest paying job I've ever done and, and that, that was with Wyden and Kennedy yeah was that um, was that feeding you as well feeding your soul I mean was that like was it good yeah work? that was a yeah. good yeah yeah that you was pretty that was pretty now. cool yeah that was well I'd just go and <laughs> for everywhere I went I just went off and shot my own stuff yeah no matter what so, so what you needed yeah yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. I, so I'd literally go you know I was literally shooting these uh, th- this this big one for Nokia was like we shot shooting in like China, India, America, all all these places I'd never been before yeah. at the time. It was like 2008, uh-huh. I think, something like 2009. No, 2009, I think it was. Yeah. And so, you know, shooting all these mad places, and I literally, I, you know, everyone else, it was a day to get there and yeah. recover from the jet lag or whatever. I was like off the plane. Straight. I'd, I'd have set up something with some break dancers or something. Yeah. I was shooting all this break dancing around the world in the hood sort of stuff. So everywhere I went, I just shot some of this stuff. The physical graffiti series, yeah, I yeah, call yeah. it. And so I was just shooting all this stuff remember that. around the world. Yeah. I remember and, that. And, and that really was the basis of it, that job, because every single place I went, I hooked up with someone, even oh, if I had like, I mean, I was in, I was in India for 48 hours and I linked up with this guy. He's quite a famous Indian break dancer. Yeah. And he came over from Delhi to like Jaipur and I paid for his bus fare and him and him and his mate kind of went all the way over and we linked up like 
somehow in that 48 hours, which was mental, I kind of left the hotel, went to shoot yeah. these guys. <laughs> I had like an hour with them or something. Wow. Went and shot them in some little hood. And then, you know, it was, that was what it was like. Amazing, it was, right? it just every time I got yeah. a chance to, I just make absolutely, I just use the opportunity to its absolute biggest degree I could. How did you, so talking about that, because you, you've done you've done something similar now within politics or not actually within politics on the outskirts of politics and highlighting, like you've, everything you've t- told me now has made me fully understand what you've just done recently. I'm like, oh, right. He's got this energy and this energy and this energy's put all this together. Yeah. What did you, you started something a couple of years ago. Um, what's it called? Uh, well, uh, it's a thing called Rise Up. Yeah, the Rise yeah, Up. yeah, yeah, yeah. When that's last year, it's due, during the election oh, last it year. It was last year, wasn't it? Was yeah, it yeah. Two years yet? Yeah. A year and a half-ish, most. Yeah, uh, not even that. No, yeah. it's, well, it's a year just coming it's up true, for the no, anniversary. Yeah. But it did, yeah, it'd be this time last year, yeah. And what was the, what was the reason for that? <laughs> um, well, you have, to, you have to go back a, a bit more because yeah. um, I got... Uh, so I got I got into I'll try and shortcut I'm guessing time and stuff like that but yeah. after all that I got into TV I got into filmmaking you got um, there then huh? you got to that then yeah you yeah got to directing and filmmaking yeah yeah Which so so if actually just after that era of like I, whatever I've done would have made money I've yeah. always just reinvested it into something else yeah. like, so I invested in a film that I made over in Africa uh-huh. uh, just after that era of like making a lot of money out of photography yeah. and uh, yeah so I just went off and made a film in Africa uh, in Rwanda where I'd already been yeah. um, and that went on to kind of win a lot of awards and stuff like that and then and then that kind of springboarded what was that film about? Uh, it, was, it was it was these dancers, break dancers in Africa, That's right. in in Rwanda, in yeah. in the in the kind of hood, um, and that it ended up being the footage got made into a music video, which went on to win some awards and stuff, and then I made the rudimental video, which which was in in Manila, which was quite a big yeah, sort of a big video, man. That 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 was, and that from that point, like every production company in London was trying to sign me, Wicked. and and that was like a quite a big deal and then so I spent I, I signed with this company called Stink which mm-hmm. is like one of the top commercials companies and then I sort of got quite busy in that world and I did some of my kind of best work around that time uh-huh. uh, sort of you know the, the early kind of music videos so I did this chase and status thing in, in the Native American communities uh, and and some other kind of you know big stuff and then but then it, I just got really burnt out and started getting really busy with TV commercials and music videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck this. It, it just was killing me. Like I could, I couldn't do the commercial work. I was like, it's different from stills. Stills, you're just in and out. Mm-hmm. But with TV commercial, you're just grind. You, you Days just, on end. Months, I mean, weeks, yeah. on, weeks on end. Like you'd be working on a TV commercial for like six to eight weeks. And I just couldn't stand the way that, you know, your work would just get ruined basically by all this kind of committee of assholes. Um, but yeah, I just could, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. I was just like, fuck this. I'm not, I'm not, I can't do this. So I just got, I just kind of got out of that industry. I let, I left the production company world completely. Mm. Um, even though I was kind of at my peak in that industry and I was like, that was a really big transformative year for me that 2014, 
and I was kind of I really need to find a different I was actually getting really ill I was making myself ill through mm. the stress of it and then I got into all this Tai Chi and kind of changed changed my life I kind of stopped drinking alcohol uh, just kind of really changed how how I was um, completely and just getting just got deep into this Tai Chi stuff and all this and di- different philosophy of life yeah and slow the fuck down yeah just completely and just completely slowed down I just I just all I did was like Tai Chi and stuff for like it just spent loads of time with my son and Amazing. and kids and stuff and uh, I've got a daughter now as well um, so yeah so I just completely slowed down and just kind of like right what is this what am I trying to do here again just kind of come to that point where I just started really hating what I was doing yeah. so I just kind of pulled it right back and I'm like um, and so the politics stuff kind of really came out of that era what having the space to think and yeah just like you know what am i doing here i'm not i'm not just doing this to make money and i'm not just here to be a cash cow for to make money for other people and stuff it's like this got to be about something more like so i started i started developing this idea of like the uh, kind of like a production company and a creative agency kind of combined yeah um because I didn't really like any of the production companies. I, I, I love I love making films and I love yeah. working like this, but I don't really want to... I remember you telling me this idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. Must, it must have been a couple of years before you actually made the decision, but I remember you. we had that chat one day. And yeah. Yeah. You, It'd been, yeah, before I left the yes. company, I'd already yeah, kind of yeah. come up with it. But so, yeah, I'd sort of decided that I only really wanted to work. Like, if I was going to really put a lot of myself into this stuff... I want it to be about something. Yeah. And so, yeah, just sort of started to develop a lot of these ideas around this company and what it could be. And then uh, then Jeremy Corbyn got elected. 2015, Corbyn got elected as leader of the Labour Party. And I hadn't really been into politics for years, man. I'd, I'd like... You know, my mum was an activist. Actually, she was a political political okay. activist when I was when I was little. Yeah. Um. She used to write for a paper called Peace News in London. Yeah. And she, you know, she was really, you know, really about it. And she used to take us to all these demos and stuff when I was when I was little. So. But you, you it didn't it, follow you that whole thing. No, because I think it was the Blair the Blair era. Yeah. Kind of killed it for me, like it did for a lot of people. Mm. It was like, you know, you were passionate about you know all through the thatcher thatcher was the enemy and mm. labor you know you were fighting for labor you were fighting to keep the you know the coal mines open and it was all about this you know labor mm. conservatives the enemy and then blair got in and i voted for blair and i was like really excited about blair getting in and then he just fucked us all over <laughs> do you know what i mean and suddenly both sides cunts you know both sides were against mm you know anything that's good so it's like well there's no one to there's no one to get behind so i was like didn't vote for years do you know what i mean i didn't i didn't vote in any elections for for yeah i hadn't been into politics it's it's the big the biggest you know success of the establishment was tony blair really because he completely they completely took over both wings of politics yeah so it's a good point yeah that's a really good point so so it wasn't so when Corbyn got elected. Actually, I didn't. I'd never heard of Corbyn, mm-hmm. and and it just completely blindsided me because it was like, oh shit! I started reading a little bit about what this guy's about, um, because I had more time on my hands. Do you know what I mean? I was like, right. So who? 
who who is this guy Corbyn? And um, then I realised, oh fuck, he's like a proper socialist. Like this guy actually really wants to bring all this stuff in. And look, he's got all this history. He's got mm. this backstory of like being. You know, he was like protesting against apartheid while all both wings of politics actually were completely supporting it. Yeah. And it's like, right, fuck, this guy could actually become prime minister. Mm. Like this this is possible. So I just immediately got like really excited about it. Um and just started developing all these ideas in my head. I was like, right, how can we get there's all these people that don't vote in the country? how can we start engaging with all these people that don't vote, which is mostly like young and poor kids, basically. Mm. Um, and I started, you know, and it fit right into what I'm all about, which is empowering people from poor backgrounds mm. um, to do something better, you know, to, to rise up and sort of do something. So I, I started getting really passionate about this idea. Um, and actually, funny enough, I phoned Skinny Man. Skinny Man come back into it. I phoned Skinny Man and I was like, do you want to do like, I've been thinking about like putting a single together to support Corbyn. Do you know what I mean? Of, of like a rap a rap single uh, and get all these big artists on it. Are you, you down to get involved? And he was like, yeah, yeah. And, and he said, actually, I know, I know, uh, I know Corbyn because he's from, he's yeah. from High, Islington. Skinny's known him for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, I know Corbyn and, I'm 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 good mates with his son as well, Tommy. Yeah. And uh, and he goes, I can give you Tommy's number if you want. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah, you know. Yeah. So I called up Tommy and I started like just spouting all these ideas. Like Tommy, look, we got we got to do this. This will really help Labour. Get me in and get me talking to all these guys. And Tommy got me into a meeting at Momentum, I think it was yeah. like back then. This has been early 2016, I think. Mm -hmm. Um. And so I was like, went into momentum, just started like, yeah, what if we do this kind of film, this kind of film, you know, we can really start to so engage with, with ideas for films. Oh you? fuck yeah, yeah, right, really from really early on, with and and uh, yeah, yeah, 2016. I, I, from early 2016, I was talking to Tommy, and me and Tommy were kind of, you know, he was my sort of sounding board for these yeah. ideas, and and then sort of late in 2016 I met Jeremy and sort of pitched the whole concept to him um, which is basically what I've you know the basis of what I've been doing recently yeah. and uh, so he really loved it Jeremy absolutely loved it brilliant um, and he, he started sort of telling the other people in his department like I really want you to listen to Josh and I started meeting some of the other people in the department but it still didn't quite click and it, everyone was just so busy in that department they yeah. still still are and the biggest is one of the their biggest problems is they're complete they they were up until recently anyway they're very underfunded in that department mm. so but anyway so um it still wasn't clicking and it was around february so february 2017 uh I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to go and do something. Like, I'd just been making some quite good money. I got back into stills and I was making quite good money. I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to go and shoot something for them. So I went off. To, it was during the by-election, Copeland by-election. Mm -hmm. And I just went off and I thought, fuck it, I'm just going to go and shoot something. So I went off to Copeland and shot and just shot my idea. said, right, I'm just going to go and make it, like do it. So I made a little film for the Copeland by-election, which could never be broadcast actually because of election spending rules and yeah, all that yeah, yeah. but I, I used it as a thing to show him like look this is this is it this, this is, is my idea do, yeah and it was actually really good quality you know it's really well made yeah. piece of film and they were all like 
blown away by it. It's like, wow, wow. We get it. So th- this is around April of last year. Yeah. Fuck, is it? Yeah, April. Uh, it's April 18, it's just gone. Yeah, yeah, a- April of last year, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I went off on holiday with the family. Yeah. Just start, and it, they were still umming and ahhing over it. Oh yeah, we'd love you to do some stuff, Josh. It's great, you know. We, we'll work it out, you know. It was, yeah. it was kind of left like that, and so I went off on holiday with the family, and we got back, and it was just two days after we got back, the election was called. Yeah, and so it was like, f- fuck, like, oh shit, you know. But they were still, I mean, you know, so I called, I called up my contacts there, and was like. Do you, do you still want to do something? And that, but they were obviously in a massive flat because yeah. it was like they've just got <laughs> seven weeks time. You got an election, yeah. so uh, they were just in a complete. They couldn't, you know. They, they just like could, they were complete yeah. headless chickens. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they're they under they're the under understaffed yeah. anyway as it yeah. is in their office, and then they were just completely flat out. So it was like just crazy down there, and I just thought because we developed this whole concept. Between me, Tommy, and actually one of the guys from Rudimental, weirdly enough. Oh, wow. We, we sort of all kind of developed this kind of like concept of, of like... Um, How Labour can talk. Thing. I mean, it was... It, yeah, I mean... Um, but anyway, it was, it, was, it was me really, but I, yeah. I, I was just kind of bouncing off them. And it, but one of the sections of it was... So, so I had this whole concept for like party political broadcast, but as a separate thing, I had this thing called Rise Up. Yeah. which was like a, it was kind of like a way to get celebrities and stuff involved in a political campaign without them kind of supporting specifically a party yeah. so it was kind of a left leaning uh, voting campaign yeah. and so I thought it was just there like we'd already <coughs> do you know why it's left know, leaning though huh? and I don't mean to diss all the rights but it's left leaning because it was art and because it was music yeah 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 yeah, very rarely see that. Well, and also right. it, so it, it was it was rev- it was kind of a revolutionary theme. Exactly. It was like it was yeah. fairly red and white logo. Yeah, it was like a fist up. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? It was like rise up. You yeah, know, it was yeah, like yeah, it was. Yeah. So it it was it was kind of you know it was it was we, we were basically playing the letter of the law because yeah. You, but also for the for the celebrities, like there was a lot. I knew a lot of different celebrities that were like left leaning. And and wanted to support Corbyn, but they didn't want to say in public. Yeah. So it was a kind of vehicle for them, really, where they could be quite revolutionary. They could yeah. kind of, but they weren't actually nailing their. Yeah. Because a lot of people just because of the Blair well, era and, and stuff. And the fact was, the fact was, they didn't want us to vote. Yeah. As well, so they are doing the right thing. They are just saying, look, look, just vote. That's all we're asking. Don't matter who it's for, but please, because the government didn't want us to vote. No, no. And so, yeah, another reason why it was good for celebrities to get involved. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and could, man innocently as they did yeah 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 so um so yeah so it just just i just the election was called and i just couldn't stand the thought of sitting around just watching the results so i was like i've fucking got to do something i can't stand the idea of just waiting around to see if labor are going to get me to do a film i was like i've fucking got to do something do you know what i mean so i just i just went all out i was like i'm going to do this campaign rise up campaign and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna risk some of my own money. I'm just gonna kind of, just fucking do it. Go in. Do you know what I mean? So I just started rounding everybody. I just started calling everybody I knew, anybody vaguely connected to someone famous or just anything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I just, I just started connecting all these different people, and I was like, I want to release a track. I want to, uh, you know, 
do some stuff to yeah, to make a campaign like shit, yeah. so i don't know how the fuck i did it i just the, I, and i'm a busy you, you know me well i'm a busy fucking guy mm. and this is without a doubt the busiest i've ever been by a long way and i was literally just working every single f- for that seven weeks i was working every single day every hour before and it's just sleep and work yeah. for the whole time and it was just absolutely all consuming and it was mental just mental and and uh somehow managed to kind of pull a national campaign at the bag from nowhere i mean because the real deadline for us was the the deadline there was a, po- a cut-off point of where you could register to vote yeah and that was a big one for us yeah because that a lot of people that that wasn't voting. going to vote. That it's was like, registering. That's like registering, that. registering yeah, exactly. to votes. So there's a lot of, a lot of young people, a lot of kids off estates and stuff yeah. like that weren't registered. Um, so that was a, it was a kind of re- registering to vote campaign. So, uh, but yeah, we managed to really pull off something quite big, and it, and it, and it kind of became the biggest voting campaign, even more than ones that have been running like ten years. Yeah. You know, even bigger than Bite the Ballot. Bite the Ballot had to come to us really and say, "Do you want to partner up? Because you've got all the celebrity endorsement." And we had like everybody was endorsing us because we were fucking. We yeah. were the cool, edgy yeah. campaign. It wasn't like this kind of like sort and of like student thing. It was like a proper like yeah. raw like movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to fucking vote. This ain't a joke. Yeah, yeah. We need to fucking vote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was like we had some really like you know really edgy like. Mm kind of stuff and it was it was just much more like it was obviously about revolution it was about change do you know what I mean even though it, it was getting it was riding that line of what you could do yeah. with a political campaign um, without where it's legally still it's kind of it, it's, 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 it's still a it's still a neutral campaign yeah, we're not yeah. actually talking about wings of politics no. and stuff like that but it's obvious what we're yeah. trying to say, like, you know. Well, and but the point is, throughout your whole campaign, you stated facts about the detriment of not voting and the benefits of voting and the, the you know, the amounts of people who do vote compared to those who don't and if that yeah. was in, the difference that would make. But you never pointed to anyone. Yeah. Not once did I ever see any pointing to any party. It was all just baseline facts and the fact that people can make decisions and have more part in decisions if they vote. Yeah, and it was really, really informal for people. Well, and it, Informa- uh, full of information. And and in the end, I think, it, it, yeah, I think, and and it's definitely something I want to keep going because I think I think it, people don't just want to be told what to do. Do you know what I mean? It's like, no, and I think what what you also did was give people um, the chance to think for themselves. Yeah, fully. You gave them a real good baseline spot because I bet you for the people that just got introduced to politics through that. They then had a chance if they wanted to had the time to explore who they wanted to vote for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a Labour person knocking at the door. It wasn't a Conservative knocking at the door. A Lib knocking at the door. And oh, do you vote yet? Oh, you need to vote for us because of the... fuck off. Yeah, you done it in a in a great way and and you know the right way for today's youth as well. Yeah, is, yeah. You know, because it's it's not it's no longer cool to be into politics. That's the thing. It's like it's again one of the biggest tricks of the establishment is to is it's no longer cool to be into yeah, politics. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's it's just not street thing, is it? Well, it's they've just made, not... well, they've also made it look like it's no place for people. It's only a certain type of people. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? They, look what they did to Corbyn in the press. Yeah, I know. Because of the way he looked. Yeah. Fuck his policies. Fuck what he's done in his past. All the good, you know what I mean? All the mistakes or anything. They they cussed him because of the way he looked. Yeah. Well, like, what type of fucking House of Commons are you? Yeah. Unbelievable. And that's what they made it. And by your movement fights that by telling people, no, 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 this is us. We deserve to be here. Yeah. You know, we are people. We're here. This is us. Yeah, yeah. So what happened with Labour? Like, um, yeah, so... They saw that. Well, they did... I'd, I'd kind of launched... <laughs> I kind of launched this thing within, like, a couple of weeks. Or something. It was crazy. Like, two weeks are really hard. Like, we set up a website. We got a whole, a whole thing designed. We got, you know... Uh, we got this big PR agency behind it and we launched it like with some big celebrities behind it and you know it was, it was quite a big quite a big deal so yeah. we managed to do all this and obviously we needed to be politically neutral it was like yeah, quite yeah, important yeah. that we were politically neutral for the story at least at that at that point um, and then Labour did come to me actually and said like do you want to make one of the films and at that point I'd say like I can't do it because not only am I really busy with this but also it wouldn't look good no. and, and plus I just knew that I couldn't really do it justice I couldn't really make a film for them yeah. and make it very good all it needed to be yeah you know what it needed to be because you've already had the thought you weren't going to yeah but well, I know Ken Loach was already doing a film for them yeah um, but I think they wanted me to do the second one or something like that and I just said look I can't really I can't do it at this yeah. point but then so I went on to make a music video we, we actually did a track yeah. uh, I don't know if I can say it on here but quite there was a big artist or a big group uh-huh. that, that gave me the track and then uh, and then at the last and then Big Nasty featured on it mm-hmm. Uh, we we talked big nasty into featuring on the track, and then the group took their name off it at the last minute and 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 refused to put their name on it. It was all a bit frustrating. They didn't like big nasty. No, because they didn't want to. They didn't want to be connected with a political campaign. Okay, right. Yeah. And it was just before they were releasing their album, and right. so it was like it got yeah, yeah. a bit nasty with their label and stuff. So, but anyway, I did a video for that, and it was all like right coming up to the election. So it was like really really heavy crazy time yeah. like trying to get all this done in time for the election uh and i just finished i'd literally just finished the video we just put it to bed it was like sunday yeah and the election was on the thursday the following thursday and i was like sitting having a cup of tea with tommy corbyn and it was like thank fuck for that the sun was setting i was like we've got the video done yeah. we've got it done in time for the election i was so pleased with myself and i got a call from labor and they said uh look we've got this we got this Lily Allen track and we need a, we need a video doing for the election in time for the election. I was like, the fuck are you talking about? Like this election, like this week, <laughs> you want me Thursday. to do something like thir- for before Thursday? And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. We need it done. Like, and it was, it literally didn't get signed off until like 10 PM and they needed it on the Wednesday and the election yeah. was on Thursday. <laughs> it's like, it didn't get signed off till 10 PM. And the thing is, I was like, I still part of me was like it was kind of like a music video they needed done. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's images. Do you know what I mean quick a quick thing yeah. really? And I was like, ugh, a part of me just didn't want to do it because I knew it couldn't be amazing. But then I thought whoever does it is just gonna fuck it up. It's the same for anyone really. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so heart. so it's like I know that whoever they get to do it is just gonna do a shit job of it. So I thought, and this is a chance to actually like impress them and and. 
So it was it was just nuts. So they didn't get signed off until so I agreed to do it. Didn't get signed off till like ten p.m. and I literally had to go and shoot it the next morning. Monday. Literally had to go to. We went to Islington to shoot it. Yeah. And even I had a commercial job on that was it as well on the Tuesday I had a a commercial with like Barclays Bank or something Bar- yeah. Barclays card like a still shoot. Yeah. So I had that on as well, and somehow I had to deliver that. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. So we. We were shooting on the Monday. Yeah. And then my editor, they had some stock footage of Jeremy like out yeah. on this uh, really great filmmaker called Yanez Mendes who, yeah. who works a lot with Jeremy. And so he, he gave us a lot of stock footage. So my editor was editing while we were shooting some of the stock footage. And then I got her all the footage Monday night. Went off, off to, went off to do the job on Tuesday while she was cutting together some of the footage. Yeah. And then literally went... To her, eight, 8 p.m. after finishing the commercial shoot, went to her house, worked till like three or four in the morning, Fucking finishing God. the edit. And then there was even like, it was with labor at like four in the morning. And they were they were like making these changes and stuff at like four in the morning. That's how mad it was. And then like grade it and finish it on the yeah. on the Wednesday morning after and just went out. So that, that was how quick, it was the quickest I've ever made a film. Fucking hell. And it was... Uh, and it was their most shared film of the of the entire campaign. Campaign, yeah, it was yeah. like really popular. It was amazing, and and uh, got like you know a couple of million views or something on Facebook alone. And then, do you know what I mean? So it was like uh, from that, and then with the other pitch that I'd done before that, with the with the Copeland film and everything. So then they started asking me all the time then because Ken, I think, had fallen into that trap of like doing something with very small amount of money and a very small amount of time and didn't, his stuff wasn't that great. Right. Uh, And also he wasn't going to keep it up either. Nah, he could he couldn't really no. make And also he's not a short filmmaker. No, he's, he's, exactly. He's, he's not used to that. Yeah. And I'd had like months to think about it and plan what I was going to do and stuff so you know to be fair to him I think he had a good crack at it but it it just didn't it didn't come out that well so so yeah they just started asking me to do stuff I mean he probably was too busy as well to do to do stuff so but anyway they started asking me to do the films and then went off to do a rise up campaign in Austria which is a whole nother story but I did it with this graffiti artist in Austria ran ran out there yeah yeah, I basically after just after the election, actually, the Austrian Socialist Party had seen uh, the Rise Up campaign, um, and basically asked me to go and run a Rise Up campaign for their for their election in Austria. Mm. So I spent like two months out there running a campaign for them. Wowza. Um with uh, run it with a, a graffiti, a sort of hardcore train bomber Boom. graffiti artist out there. Wicked. So that was really good fun actually, and it kind of it kind of elevated what yeah, I did. I, man- I managed to do yeah. a lot more things because yeah. we had more time and stuff. So I managed to do a lot more of what I wanted to do, and we did like two or three tracks with all the. Di- we Amazing. pretty much had all the biggest rappers and stuff were involved in it in 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 Austria. So we had it was like just stepping up a level of what we could do so that was really good fun and then yeah did a lot sort of did that and then a lot of traveling work and stuff towards the end of last year and then right just before christmas labor like right do you want to do 
five films. We're ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They basically, do you want to do the next five films for us? And then pretty much just sort of said, we Wicked, want yeah. we want you to do like the next campaign for the local elections. Wicked. And so that sort of, so since Christmas, <laughs> I've just been flat out doing all that stuff. And that's just you know finished I mean? now, yeah. It's just finished. Yeah, so I've been like a year just completely flat out really um the rise up stuff as well though so is that you're going to push that worldwide yeah i mean i'd love to yeah why not it's 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 just how i how it unravels really it's just you know i'll just keep it natural for now i've got i've got it's it's just loads of different ways that this could sort of work out really but yeah really this to me is that company that i was talking to you about yeah, yeah, yeah. and and this this is our first client effectively this is it, the, la- entity, the labor party is our first client yeah, this is and, it, true entity. yeah and uh i just love to continue working in this way so it's just you know i'll just continue to sort of like look for the right partners to do it with um you know i'd love to go i'd love to get out to america i'd love to do some stuff with bernie sanders's campaign mm. uh for the 2020 election um yeah, I think Rise Up could work really well in the States. Um, and But also, like, this style of political advertising, I think would fit really well with Bernie's stuff. But with Bernie Sanders, I'd, lo- I'd love to work with him out in the States. Fucking hell, man. Um, but, yeah, it's just, you know, just how, however it unfolds, really. Because I've got a lot of other bits and bobs that I haven't even told you about, really. I've got, I've got like, a film script in development at the moment. Um, so, it, it, over in the States. Yeah. Yeah, so so one one of the things when I kind of had that downtime is that I got into writing. So I wrote I wrote my first film script. Oh, come on. Um, it was actually my second. I'd hired a writer before to write one, and then I wrote my own one, which was six, more successful. Um, so I'm sort of just about to embark on like the third draft of that, uh, and I'm hoping to get that produced over in the states. Fucking hell. Yeah. So there's all this stuff going, you know, there's a lot of different bits and bobs happening. Um, so it just depends. But I think I'm definitely not going to, because I've been tempted a few times to kind of go back to kind of production company stuff yeah. and get back into TV commercials. But I'm quite happy with how it's unfolding. Really. I mean, look, it's it, it, in any of the routes we choose, you know, consistency is the key, you know. And if, if we're lucky enough and work hard enough to be put into a position of consistency for doing our own thing, you'll stay like that for as long as you possibly can. And that's what you've managed to do, you know? And yeah, yeah. If, if the pound drops or not literally, I mean, if the money drops in your pocket and you need to top up, of course, inevitably you're going to go and have to go and work for these companies. That's, that's life. You know what I mean? This shit ain't cheap out here. You've got a mortgage, you've got kids, you've got a wife. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. But what you've done, like to have that, yeah, you, you nearly had a plan. You had you 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 you've been putting a plan together all these years, but like you you had this like outline of a plan when you were younger, and to get to fucking two thousand eighteen and be like, oh, can we get them five films for the people, please? Yeah, and and after a year of doing something strictly for the people, Jay, man, that's that's fucking killer. That's amazing. Yeah, I do feel blessed, man. This well, last yeah, year, feel, feel blessed, but it's not you, you did it. Yeah, it's yeah, right, cool. If you want to feel blessed, feel blessed. But <laughs> what you just told me, that whole fucking story, that's inspiring, man. That's 
that's like put your head on your fucking shoulders and go for it like there's no reason not to yeah right. yeah that's it man it's like yeah I was I was inspired by what Jeremy was doing I just thought fuck it it's like it's mad how the timing came in it because you know I know you I know you helped and you you made sure you did you know even just even not even just even highlighting breakdancing around the world do you know what I mean it's an underground thing it's never really blown up I, you know what I mean and you, you go out there you go to Rwanda and you take these photos you to go worldwide off the back of another job and you take all these photos and you make these things and you're helping the people and you're, you're you know you're obviously those breakers you shot would have been really fucking proud that this Englishman had come over and photographed them and all their people are going to be inspired and, and happy and so that wave you were hitting that's great but the fucking timing of Corbyn coming up and you have just have earned enough money in the business world to be able to be like oh hang on this is what I've been trying to do this is I want to do this and more yeah and you got it the timing yeah, yeah. Yes, no, it was, it was exactly. Big up, but that's what I mean by blessed. It's like, yeah. it, it just, it, the synchronicity of it was yeah, yeah. perfect. Do you know what I mean? Amazing, man. It was, yeah, it's really well, Jay, nice. Josh, fully appreciate you coming over and telling me that, man. Thanks, brother. Yeah. I, I talked a lot more than I thought I would. <laughs> it was fucking sick. And I'm, I'm sure everyone's enjoyed it, man. Thanks, man. Thanks, thanks, dude. Thanks, man. Bless, man. Bless, bless. That was amazing having Josh over and what a journey he's had, man. I really appreciate the honesty. It was really good chatting about the power of therapy, art and culture. As I said earlier, art's never lost a battle. We won. Thanks, Josh. Until the next one, love your city and love your culture. This is F24.